there'd be a lot of poop in my pants. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swing into the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm-hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Welcome back to Crippets the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am infamous clone number 7J. Ooh, 007? Hmm. J. Clone J. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to another (laughs) fantastic episode of Crippets of the Corn Podcast. Oh, it's going to be a rock and rolling episode. I'm rolling on two hours of sleep. (laughs) Sleep deprived, Uh, Mr. E. Oh, for like four days now. Yeah, that's right. Last night was the most sleep I got since since Friday. Well, good. You should be rocking and rolling today. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, good, because you drank like eight cups of espresso, so. <laughs> I'm going to have to get more on lunch. <laughs> uh, no, so let's let's do our top of house stuff. Hey, First off knock is it out. the baby Atlas has been born. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank we have you. a new member to our studio, a new corn puff on the team. Baby Atlas. Woo! We'll put him to work here soon. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the second you talk, I'm gonna put a microphone in front of him. <laughs> Don't say that. Come on. Oh Michael my. Jackson, this oh, Jackson Five. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 I didn't know where you were going. No, with like because they the right. second the kids could sing, they just oh, yeah, like they, the dad put them out there and then picked forced the ones, them to dance and pick the ones that could actually do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, he was born. Everything went great. We're super happy. Uh, I'll, I kind of do miss sleep, but it's fine. It's for, you'll get it back. Yeah, you can always. I tell you what, working on scripts got a lot easier. <laughs> when you don't sleep anyway, it's just like well, because that's pretty much the only reason I stopped working on them. Like late at night, so like I gotta sleep. get to sleep. But yeah. if you don't sleep anyways, it's just like just keep going. Right. All right. So the rest of the front of house stuff. Paranormality Magazine. We're officially affiliates. If you go to their website and buy a subscription to the magazines, anything like that, use Corn Crew, and we get a kickback from that. Yep. So yeah, uh, go subscribe to our YouTube. We started. We literally start filming for the documentary a week after recording this, or a week after this comes out. Uh, so get ready. It's gonna be the first one's gonna be on YouTube, 100 percent free, whatever. Then I think we're talking about like having it later on, like the other ones later on being rented for like a dollar or something like that. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We don't know yet. We officially have a PO box. That's right. So if you have, so basically, here's a couple of things. If you want to send us anything? That's great. If you want to send us books, stickers, or whatever. Yeah. Or we're also looking for artwork for the new studio. Or just kind, thoughtful letters. Yes. And if they're if they're not crazy, we'll read them on air. Right. And that's, so that's at P.O. Box number 75, 
uh, in Ada, Ohio, 45810. It'll be in our notes. Uh, yeah, it'll be below, yeah. But yep. it's A-D-A is Ada. Yep, A-D-A. Go. A-D-A. I, I've seen Ada spelled a couple different ways. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, there's Ada, Michigan, like A-D-A, and there's Ada, Michigan, that was like, it's it's got like an I in it or something. Oh, that's like Ida, that. yeah. I-D-A. That's different, yeah. No, it's like A-D-I-A or something like A. Oh, there's that one. There's also an Ida, Michigan. It's I-D-A. Michigan's weird. Because someone thought, oh, you're from Ida? I'm like, no, I'm not from Ida. I'm from Ada. Mm. But yeah, so Ada. Yes. Uh, we officially have the merch website up and running. So you can go, there's two ways to do it, and I'll have links for both. You can go to cryptosofthecorn.com, go to the shop page, and click the big blue button that says shop here. And it'll take you to the, the shop page. Pretty, unless you change, I'm pretty sure it's green, but you're colorblind. What did I so say? Blue. I said blue. You did. I'm like, no, it's green. I know it's green. I have a picture <laughs> no, in my head. It's green. It's a blue. shop here. Uh, we got all kinds. All the t-shirts, those lawn chair documentary merch, can koozies, underwear, socks, lunch boxes, tumblers, tumblers with speakers in them. Yeah. And lawn chairs. You, you, you said that already. What? Lawn chairs. You know how tired I am? I know. I'm trying to be high energy. Stop right. stopping the flow. All right. You're right. Stop it. All right. I'm. <laughs> okay. Go on. Uh, our next. So if you're coming to any conferences or shows, let us know. So our next set is both uh, in August. We have right off the rip. The first weekend in August is the Hocking Hills Bigfoot Festival. Uh, B, our good friend, puts that on. Uh, you'll hear from her in a couple weeks. B all Mills. about yeah, the famous B Mills, the famous B Mills. Uh, she's super sweet. We love B. Uh, but yes, so there's that, and then Squonkapalooza, the last weekend in August, I believe. Yep, August 26th, and we are speakers at that one in Jamestown, Pennsylvania. We're super excited for that one too. We're basically, and then then we have two in September, and then we have. Do we have any in October? Oh, we have something in October we haven't announced yet. We have to wait on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off. But uh, anything else? Um, that's, I mean, in, unless Crypticon's coming up in November, right? Crypticon in November. We got everything paid for for Crypticon. Yep. So and we'll then, be there, yeah. too. But, yes, yeah, so if you're going to be at any of these conferences, let us know. We like to hang out, uh, you know. And Oh, we're going to be at Mothman Festival this year, not as vendors. We'll just be walking around. Just so walking around. Maybe you'll bump into us. But if you follow our Facebook or you follow the Instagram or you're a Patreon member, be on the lookout for stuff because we're going to plan some special events for our people. Right. For that, you know, that kind of stuff. Because Mothman's really hard to, like, do anything at. Yeah. Uh, if you ha- So for season four is coming up. Our Wednesdays are changing a little bit. We're not going to do nearly as many interviews. But what we would like to do is start doing listener submission stories or encounters. Uh, basically, so you have an encounter that you'd like us to read on the show and kind of talk about. It's cryptids of the corn podcast at gmail.com. Please send those to us. Uh, if you don't want us to use your name, that's fine. If you want us to use your name, that's also fine. Just tell me in the, you know, the first couple sentences. Uh, but yes, yeah, so please send those in. I don't care if it's ghost, UFO, Bigfoot, Dogman, Cryptid, Weird Paranormal, Angels, Demons, yeah, all of it. You know, I, we want to hear your encounters. Yeah, no matter how long or how short. Yeah, just send them in. We'll read yeah, them for you. Yeah, I don't care if you've seen a blurry creature run across the road. You right. know, it's I want to hear it. We want to hear it. All right, so that's all that stuff. I think it's the fastest I've ever ripped through them. You're doing good. Uh, it's that lack of sleep. Yeah, it's because like, I'm trying to like woo. <laughs> Uh, new reviews. So uh, the first three are on our uh, Nundy Bear episode. Okay. For Spotify, and then I have two. Nor- or, yeah, I have three. No, I have three normal ones for Apple Podcasts. So it's a big week. Big week. All right, let's get to them. Uh, Race says, "Love the podcast. You guys should do an episode on the White Bluffs. 
uh, the Screamers, and the Montgomery Bell Werewolf down in ta- in Tennessee. Oh, okay. I'll have to. I uh, I don't know any of those. Me either. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Uh, so those will definitely be on our to look into list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then MJ Sunshine fourteen says, "Hello, love your podcast. I give you both five stars. Oh. This episode especially." And here's the thing with me is I hated the Nundy Bear episode. I felt like I, I failed at it, and then everybody loved it. See. And then the episodes I really work hard on, it's like, <laughs> but no, I, I did work hard on that one, but I was really tired. That was a you know a really rough week when we recorded that. Just kind of trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, Rob says, love this podcast. I always learn something new. Keep up the good work. Hmm. Thank, thank you, you, Rob. Rob. And yeah. Thank you, MJ, and thank you, Race. Yes, thank you, all of you. So our next one's from Audrey. This is an Apple podcast review. You're going to hear Audrey's name a couple times today, just so she's made it on the list several times. All right. Uh, she says, I love the approach. Yeah, sorry. I love the approach to the cryptids and the conversations. I just started listening with the Nutty Bear episode, and I'm instantly addicted. I'm going to listen all night long. All night. I only did that because you put it in quotes with all the music parts. All night long. Uh, yes. All night. And Bees, 2416, says... The best cryptid podcast. Super high praise. Thank you. She says, or he or she also says, come for the cryptids. Stay for the sexiness of the host. I don't understand that. Uh, <laughs> I'm an overweight man, and Jay is a short, bald man. Yeah, right. But I got a cool haircut. Maybe that's it. I, I want that T-shirt that is says, like, every podcast, where it literally has, like, a picture of a tiny little bald guy and, like, a really big guy. We're like Laurel and Hardy. I don't know. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, you ready for the last one for this it, round? Yeah. The Nuge. Now it's N O O G A. Okay. Nuge, would you say? Sure. I, 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 Nuga? The Nuga? Yeah. Nuga! A Nuga! A new. If you guys hear a baby crying in the background, that's Atlas. He, I think he's woke up to eat. So we're going to try to clean up the audio where you don't hear it, but you may hear it because I can kind of hear him a little bit. That's okay. Uh, just so you guys know. It's a good background. Brand noise. new baby. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so. The Nuga said, an absolute delight. I listen every week while I'm doing electrical work. The show is always the highlight of my day when the new episodes air. Uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Hope you make it down near Chattanooga sometime. Congratulations, Justin, on the newborn. Make sure Jay doesn't donate them to the Smithsonian. <laughs> what a great comment. This oh, that's awesome. awesome. So if you guys, <laughs> if you can leave us comments, it really helps out with the, uh, the algorithm. <laughs> Also, leave us five star reviews. There's thousands and thousands of you guys listening, so it really helps us. If you, it really boosts us in the algorithm. Yeah, uh, it's if you just leave a five star review, that's great. If you leave a comment, it's even better. Right. Uh, we'll read them on the air of their five stars. Remember, it's five stars or nothing, and that's for the algorithm. Right. Because for a four star on the algorithm is basically a one star. Yeah. And know. that's not a joke. It's just how the 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 algorithm works. This dang AI, they ain't right. Uh, Patreon members, we got new patrons. Yes. Oh wow. So, Christina, welcome, Christina. Welcome, Christina. Uh, and then Audrey. Oh, and Audrey again. Yeah. So Audrey just joined like all this stuff this week. Like she's she's, she's heard, on everything. Heard one episode now is she's hooked. Yeah, I'm glad. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Audrey. So and thank Christina. And Christina, thank you guys. So welcome much. to the Corn Crew. All right. So you ready for today's episode? Yeah. What are we going to talk about? So I'm going to do this a little differently. Oh. First, I'm going to tell you. Uh, a story, and then I'll tell you what the topic is. All right. Okay, am I allowed to guess? No. Because <laughs> you know I'll ruin it. All right, go on. Uh, 
So we're going to talk about this guy <laughs> called Robert Kelly uh, St- Statler. Sorry. Man. Okay. Robert see, Kelly Statler. Uh, an American professional surfer, best known for being a crow- or crowned World Surf League champion a record 11 times. He, this ain't the guy that got his arm bit off, is it? Shh. All right, go on. No, so recently he was on Joe Rogan. And they had, you know, a couple, three or four hour conversation like Joe Rogan does. Oh, okay. Uh, but I took, there was a snippet in there that really grabbed my attention. Okay. So he was fishing uh, a few years back in Australia for Barramundi. Our wicked fish, uh, they're like super sized. Like for anybody here in the U.S., uh, they're like largemouth bass. But he's in Australia fishing for them. They're ocean, but they're ocean fish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, they're just, uh, uh, they're brackish too, I believe. Okay, okay. Uh Actually, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm very tired, so now I'm. I'm don't. I think Ooh. I'm confusing him with sea bass too. Ooh. Uh, anyways, that's what happens when your brain melts and it's only kept alive by caffeine. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, he was out fishing and they were seeing crocodiles everywhere. Uh, and he was the you know they were seeing 15, 16, 17 foot crocodiles in this part of Australia. It was, it was pretty common to see those. And he's just kind of talking to the boat captain, the charter captain. And he's like, uh, you know, what's what's the biggest crocodile you guys ever see? He's like, one time, about a kilometer away, we seen a 28 or 29-foot crocodile. Oh, my gosh. And he was, you know, the captain was pretty adamant that that's how big it was. He's like, you know, we see 18-foot crocodiles all the time. He's like, I know it was an 18-foot crocodile and a half. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, and we seen it a kilometer away, you know, and it, it, you know, it disappeared before we ever got close to it. And, you know, they had this conversation, and they're like, you know, well, has anybody else seen it? He's like, actually, yeah, a lot of our helicopter operators that do the ocean tours see him. Huh. Yeah, so that he spends almost all of his time out in the open ocean and only comes into the rivers a very, very secluded amount of times. Did they name him? Not in this story. They didn't have okay. him named. Okay. So, yeah, he rarely is in the rivers. So other people have seen it, but mostly an ocean-going crocodile. So, so a saltwater croc. Yeah, so like, cro- yeah, 100%. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but today's topic is ocean crocodiles. Oh, okay. There's reports all around the world. And this it's going to be a mix of ocean and uh, fred, like ocean and inland crocodiles. Now, are these like open ocean? Yes. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't think that was a thing. Yeah, we're going to don't worry. This is going to be a really fun episode. So, where <sighs> this whole topic. So, he, anyways, I heard this on Joe Rogan and I got to thinking. So, where like crocodiles swim in the ocean? Like that's how crocodiles got to America. Oh, they swim. What do you mean? Saltwater, they weren't, they so weren't here. American already? crocodiles. Yeah. Are genetically closest related to African saltwater crocodiles? Okay. That's a long swim. Mm. Well, maybe there's some We'll talk about it. Okay, okay. Cuz uh I yeah. But so it's this whole idea got me thinking and so I started looking into these First off, these 30-foot crocodiles are reported. Yeah. And second off, them's people seeing them in the ocean. Uh, it happens more than you think, that when people are out in the open ocean and there's just a monster crocodile going by. You know, I was already a little scared of the ocean, just like when you were to go to the beach. There's always the threat of sharks or whatnot. It's not that. Percentage-wise, you're pretty safe, but it always scares you. Now there's massive crocodiles. So I'll say this about crocodiles versus sharks. Uh, 99% of the time, you're not a prey item for sharks. It's a mistaken identity bite or it's yeah. a curiosity bite. You know, if like a bull shark bit you to kill you, it would kill you. 
Right. And with right. great white shark, you know, great white sharks they bite out of curiosity, but they just happen to be the size of a truck. And it, and if so, they just so happen to be super hungry at the time, they won't. They can't digest. Like there's all the things that we have too low a fat content for them to be profitable to digestion. Oh, really? So oh. The, the most time that's great white sharks will not eat a body. Mm, okay. Uh, and that's you know there's exceptions to every rule. Oh yeah. But it's like the us eating celery. It's a net loss. <laughs> Okay. It's, I'm not joking with how much, how they, like, the adult gray white sharks' digestive systems work. It's, it's just, like a net loss. It's just funny, like, that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So, crocodiles, though, are the exact opposite. Saltwater crocodiles view humans as prey. They're one of the famous animals for viewing humans as food items. And that's saltwater crocodiles in particular. Okay. Uh, not all crocodilians are like that, obviously. Yeah. You know, American alligators, for the most part, do not view humans as a prey source, uh, mostly because of how tall we stand. Mm. You know, as far as they know, we're very large. Yeah. As you know, we're six foot, you know, tall. You know, kind of. No, I was just saying. as a as a race, you know, you know, and especially when you're a, even if you're a an alligator laying down and you're twelve foot long, you always are looking up uh, at people. Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna get into this. All right. So the yeah. first is the ancient monster of Australia. So there's this picture that floats around on the internet, and uh, you can look, type it in. It's called the. Oh, let me get it up. Uh, the Miss Cross at crocodile photo. If you type that in, Miss Cross. Yeah, Miss Cross. That's her name. That's the lady in the picture. Oh, okay. But it, everybody says it's like from Queensland, 1957. It's not, but it's sold as the 28 foot crocodile from Queensland in 1957. It's actually incredibly older. Oh, really? It's from 1914 along the banks of the Roper River in the Northern Territories of Australia. Okay. Uh, this picture is authentic, but it does have a little bit of forced perspective going on. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, the newspaper does say the crocodile is one of the largest ever killed in the territory. Uh, that it's from, you know, it's there's not a lot of information. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's 100 years ago. Yeah, it's over 100 years ago. Right, yeah. But this animal is just monstrous. And if you look up this picture at home, don't do it while you're driving. We're going to talk a lot about the jaws of older crocodiles, and that kind of can give you an indication of their size. But were they were they different than modern ones, or what? No, like as in old animals. Oh, like as their age animals, wise. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because the bones in their jaws start like getting like uh, really robust. Okay. And they kind of look, they almost look like they have tumors, but it's not. It's like calcium because from them slamming their jaws shut so hard, you know, mm. they get fractures and stuff like that. And then calcium deposits build yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. So it's just a part of that of being really old and being really big. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this photo is insane because it's bloated too. Like the crocodile is bloated a little bit, as you can see. Like if you look up the photo, you can see his legs are kind of splayed out. Yeah. But they are standing behind it. I so there's arguments of how big this crocodile is. If it's a normal like 18 footer, a 20 footer, or 28 footer. Either way, it's it's gigantic. Personally, I'll throw in my opinions. I do think this is a 25 foot crocodile. Really. I do not think it's the 30-footer that it's claimed to be in the photos because of the forced perspective. You know, the people in the back are standing further behind. But due to the jaw size and some of the teeth and everything like that, I do think this is a 25-foot crocodile. It's a big boy. It's like that one on a hook with Peter Pan and Captain mm -hmm. Hook where the big clock tower croc falls on him. That was a sea-going crocodile. Oh, yeah, it was. That's right. So let's talk. Let's move a little bit away from Australia. Let's talk about some ocean sightings of gigantic crocodiles of New Zealand. Okay, I mean that's right in that same area, right? Yeah. yeah. But New Zealand's much colder. Okay. I mean, New Further Zealand south. doesn't. Yeah, New Zealand does not have a stable crocodile population. Okay. At least in the mainland. Okay. Uh, there has been stories of occasional crocodiles like uh, stopping on land and stuff like that. Uh, we'll talk about how crocodiles like to go just kind of everywhere. 
Okay. They're like crocodiles. We had one in Ohio like two years ago. What, what, how did it get, like an escape pet or yeah. what? Okay. Supposedly. Nobody claimed it. Uh, but well, it was yeah. like a nine-foot Nile crocodile that uh, these kids said was in this creek. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have had that to begin with. But yeah, these kids were like, Mom, Dad, there's a crocodile in the creek. And everybody's like, no, there's not. And this crocodile was like stalking these kids. Yeah. And then finally, when the dads went down, they're like, let's see what these lizards these kids are looking at. And there's literally a nine-foot crocodile. <laughs> the ODNR in Ohio just shot it. Like, nobody, like, yeah. they, they just didn't call nobody. It was in, like, a little creek. It was not going anywhere. If you just stood there and watched it. Yeah. But they just, like, literally pulled a shotgun in with uh, deer slugs and just started shooting it until it died. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Give it to a zoo. Oh, okay. I guess. I bet you're probably not used to dealing with that in Ohio. I'm just saying. The DNR can be a little trigger happy. Well, so let's talk about these New Zealand uh, giant aquatic, oh, these giant ocean, oceanic crocodiles. Uh, New Zealand is a home to a number of marine saurians. So that means dinosaur-like. You know, crocodiles are not dinosaurs, but they are. You know, that pre- that prehistoric creature. Right. Uh, yeah. So here's a couple stories. In 1993, uh, a guy named Earl of the Centerbury region in the Southern Islands' eastern coast, allegedly observed a large sea serpent-like creature through a telescope. He initially mistook the animal, for which he caught the glimpse of with the naked eye, for a whale. So basically he's standing there, and he sees the creature way out. He's like, oh, there's a whale. So he gets his telescope out. Uh, after, upon viewing it through the telescope, he saw that it was a large crocodile-like animal, roughly 30 to 35 feet in length, Breaching at the surface uh, with its tail, like its full body was out. So crocodiles kind of do this where it's like a gentle you where they'll lift their tail. Uh, you, so you can see the full length of the animal mm, and, like okay. on the surface. Yeah. Specifically, they do it in the ocean. So saltwater crocodiles that are recorded in the ocean will kind of float like this. And we'll talk about why later. Well, it's the salinity in the ocean, right? It keeps them floating? No, the why they lift kind of their body out oh. and stuff like that. Like okay. there's a weird... There's a weird reason they do this kind of body posture. Hmm. So this was this body posture though was reported in 1993 in New Zealand by a guy that's not familiar with crocodiles as far as we can as far as we know. They don't have native there, but he sees this gigantic 30 or 35 foot animal. So let's talk about Earl a little bit. You know, size estimates is really hard, you know, especially in you know, open ocean stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Earl was an accomplished whale watcher. He was very good at identifying species of whale. So that's why he literally had it all set up to watch whales from his house. Yeah. So, in my opinion, he kind of had a better idea, maybe, than most people of the size. Scale-wise. And he thought it was a whale. So, that's a big animal. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you think, if you're mistaking something for a whale, you're going to be pretty big. Yeah. So, the second one has been considered a possible marine saurian sighting, uh, but it's been widely disputed. So, on August 1st, August 1st, Firth is in Australia, (laughs) on August 1st. Uh, 1891, Ooh. a crew of a Union Steam Shipping Company, uh, the, the steamer Rotomaha, uh, now it's like the Altima, yeah, yeah. Uh, allegedly observed a sea serpent off Portland Lights in uh, New Zealand's Northern Island. Chief Operator Alexander Kerr and Quartermaster Peter Nelson both quickly gave interviews to the press describing the, what they allegedly saw. On Saturday morning... August 1st, about 6.30 in the morning. They were off Portland Light uh, between Grimsboro and Naper. I was on the deck looking for the weather, or over the weather side to see if I could see la- the land. When I saw the object, whatever it was, raise up out of the water to a height of about 30 feet, its shape was that of uh, a huge conger eel with the extent of two large 
fin or flipper-like hands that appeared to be 10 feet long. The creature was no more than 100 yards off the side, uh, and I should estimate the girth was between 10 and 12 feet. I could not see the back of as it was coming straight towards the steamer, but its belly and its fins were pure white, and the creature's head did not appear to be particularly defined. Its neck running uh, right up to the head, as it seemed to be that of a large eel. It was very broad. It was in broad daylight at the time. The sun was shining clearly. It went to breathe in the water as it did not fall forward like a fish that was jumping. It drew back itself like a crocodile. I only saw it once. Uh, I only saw it once, which had lasted the time until it rose. I looked out for it, thinking it might press under the ship and reappear on the other side, but it did not see it again. I had, uh, sorry, had the weather not been rough, the steamer may have gone alongside the, uh, alongside the assers, the ascertained in its dimensions. Uh, one of the quartermasters, Peter Nelson, was watching the thing, and it startled him that he took upon himself to rush to the bridge and ask if me if I had seen it. The thing, the sea man, never said, never does unless something was very unexpectedly occurred. So basically, the quartermaster doesn't run into the, the. Uh, like the, I don't even know what it's called. The uh, cockpit. I don't uh, know. The captain. I don't know. Like whatever the the in ship, like where you steer and everybody is. Oh, like that. Okay, yes. The captain's chair. The, yeah, that the, thing. Yes. So the uh, landsman may do so, but the sea master never, uh, unless under extreme circumstances such as this. As to its length, I could give no opinion, but the creature rose over thirty feet out of the water and I should imagine that there was two, it was only one third of the body above the water hmm. but that is my sermon or super oh gosh that's his opinion that's what he surmises yeah. surmises thank um, you what uh do I mean crocodiles actually lift up out of the water like that so they lift their heads up yeah that's a bellowing thing or like a kind of resting thing they'll lift their tails up too yeah but th- he's like describing like half its body up out of the water no so I think he's th- this giant head and a neck that's all he's seeing. And then, like, the front arms. But he's claiming that to be, like, 30 feet tall. That would make this thing, like... 100 feet? Yeah. This yeah. can't be right. This can't be right. This can't be a croc. There's, If there's a croc that big, I, I'll never go in the ocean again. I will never. Well, you made me surprised. Uh, so the next account is pretty much Peter, Peter Nelson's account from the other side. But, yeah, he just he's seen the same very similar thing. Uh, very... They kind of described it as conger eel because of the way the neck just kind of like there's no neck. Right, right. It goes from body to head. Head, yeah. Which is crocodile. But yeah, very rough skin. Uh, He gives it a little bit better, uh, a smaller description. He says from the tip of the nose to where the legs, the front legs or flippers started was 20 feet. Okay. Oh, it's still gigantic. Yeah, but that it's you know it is a lot smaller. So it's not a hundred foot croc. It's a it's an eighty foot croc. But he basically seen the same exact thing. Yeah. Oh, it's nuts. That's nuts. I didn't know they like lifted up out of the water like that. I guess. Yeah. Everybody look up cro- crocodiles. Uh, male crocodiles doing like a mating display, and you can see like they do like a Ooh, big U. You mean a courtship? Courtship. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Uh, now we're going to talk about an African monster. But before we move on, what do you think of these Australian and New Zealand ones first? I mean, that is terrifying it, it would be quite the sight to see but i guess i wouldn't the first thing i wouldn't imagine would be crocodile or anything i would couldn't even i mean before we even talked about this i didn't really think they were out in the open ocean i thought okay sure they'll be out on the coast and things like that because i thought like crocs they they sit on the bottom right a lot of the times or is that just 
my own thinking. I just imagine they're always sitting on the bottom and they hang out and then they'll come up and breathe or so swim that's at the what top. a lot of people think about them in fresh water and stuff like that. Yeah. But don't worry. You're not you're wrong, but you're not wrong. Okay. But I, okay. But I guess if the thing's a hundred foot long, it's not too much of a distance to get to the bottom real fast and chill out. So let's talk about a monster from Africa. Okay. So we're kind of kind of bounce all over the planet for this. It's a worldwide phenomena. Yeah, no, there's giant crocodiles are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the okay, now I'm gonna try to pronounce this, but it's the mana mana harba. Okay. The mana harba. Uh, but this is a giant an African cryptid. It's uh, it just means just literally the name just means giant crocodile. Okay. Uh, it's reported from the Congo. So Our who's friend, else? Yeah, Michele. Michele and Mbembe. Everything is in the Congo. Is such an unexplored area. So. Yeah, because you'll die if you go there. <laughs> uh, so this is described as a gigantic animal, exceeding easily forty feet. Where the Nile crocodiles, you know, they kind of top it at twenty. So that's the Africans native. You know, saltwaters are Australia and like the islands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Australians are the Nile crocodiles, but very similar species. Okay. Uh, according to Roy P. Mackle, uh, Roy P. Mackle's informants the the, uh, this giant crocodile resembles a regular crocodile, just much larger, uh, between 40 and 50 feet in some sightings, uh, more than 50 feet in others. Like a crocodile, it lays eggs and eats flesh, including humans. It is said to dig long tunnels, 50 to 100 meters long in the earth, leading into these giant caverns in which it sleeps. So, yeah, there's these giant tunnels, and the Mokele is famous for digging these giant tunnels and then backfilling them. Right, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, people, th- this is not Mokele and Bembe. The people of the region know what Michele and Bembe, or at least the name Michele and Bembe, like, no, this is something different. This is just a giant crocodile, crocodile. that we have. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we'll talk about some sightings and we'll kind of go back over. So once again, this is another old timey one. I hate reading old timey things because I hate the language. You want me to read it? No. No. <laughs> You're real quick on that. Uh so this is 1880s. Ooh, okay. We keep going back even further. Uh John Weimer, an engineer of the surface Congo Free State had several encounters with an enormous crocodile, which he suggested were rather common on the Congo, and it was described in detail. On the low sand spit, uh, projecting beyond the, gra- the grasses, may, uh, many, uh, many sometimes have been seen a monstrous crocodile, perhaps upwards of 50 feet long. At any rate, I have seen several considerably longer than uh, the, the little AIA, a government steamer where weather worked. Uh, or we, we were worked. Basically, he basically he worked on this boat that was about forty feet long, and he would see these crocodiles on this sandy bank that were okay. sunning themselves. They were way longer than the boat he worked on. Gotcha. Uh, on one occasion, I had landed on the large sand bank to shoot ducks, uh, having bagged one, and seeing the rest had allegedly or had flown off below the the ridge of the sand. I stood down to crawl along the, behind the ridge till I thought I was within range. When I raised my head to look over, sure enough, there were ducks, not 50 yards from me, while halfway between me lay the biggest crocodile I'd ever seen. So he's crawling on his belly to get these ducks on the sandbar. He pops up. In and there's between the them. Biggest crocodile. <laughs> the ducks are 50 feet or 50 yards away, and the crocodile's laying in between him and the ducks. Yeah. Uh, so comparing him to my AIA, uh, which lay in deep water some 300 yards off. I reckon him to be quite fifty feet long or more. Oh my god. While gosh. the center of oh the center of the saw like ridge on the top of his back must have been four feet above the sand, which uh which his belly rested. 
having only a shotgun with me, I had the first, or I had first on seeing him, sent a native boy who was with me for my rifle. So basically, he's like, kid, go get the big gun. Get this the is gun. A, this is a shotgun with birdshot. Yeah. If nothing. I shoot that, it's just gonna. He might even. But do you hear it. what I said about the giant ridge on its back? Yeah, four feet tall. Yeah. So we're gonna, that comes back later. Okay. How do you, wait, hold on. Let's pause. When you're belly crawling, how do you not see a four foot tall, 50 foot long crop? So it's on this, it's like a sand, like a sand dune. Yeah. So it's he's on the one low side, the crocodile's on the other low side. Oh, so he just so there's gets like up a sand hill. So he yeah. like peeks up to sneak up on these ducks, and on the other side, of this giant sand hill <laughs> is a monster. See a big. I'm just imagining a big open mouth with these gnarly teeth just that, staring that's into That's what it. happened. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he sent the boy back. Uh, so the, he made the foraging observations while waiting for his return. The crocodile, meantime, took no notice of me. Either because he was asleep or because I was out of his sight or because he did not care I was there. <laughs> Zero threat. Uh, while taking care to keep out of the range of his huge tail, as the boy was a long time coming, I considerably in, in, invisibly to get a little further off and in doing so alarmed the ducks, which flew away uh, to another bank. As we were quite out of meat on board, the sight so wrought upon my feelings that Forgetting all about the crocodile, I took a snapshot after the ducks, which I missed, but so frightened the huge saurian that made his uh, made uh, sorry that made off for the water, scattering the sand far and wide as he swept his giant tail. So they're like these guys are like kind of starving on his boat. Yeah, and he's watching this crocodile. He's gonna shoot it, I think, to eat it, and then the ducks fly. Ah, oh, ducks and it shoots. And then do you imagine the crocodile? So here's the thing about crocodile behavior: is they pick their fights. Pretty well, especially yeah. you don't get in animals. You don't get big being dumb. True. So he is not in his element. He's out basking. Mm -hmm. So for me, if a 50 foot animal sees this guy shoot a duck and he's like, I'm going to go off to the water, go in my element. In his territory. Yeah. So, yeah, this giant ridge on the back that pops up several other times. Uh, there's another giant African cryptid I did not include in this. That is a gigantic crocodile with another fin on its back, but it's from southern Africa. Okay, what's what's significant about that? It's the same animal from oh, like a gotcha. thousand, like fifteen hundred miles away. What? So it could be the same exact creature. Yes, yeah, the same species or whatever. There. Oh, okay, but gotcha. described as a gigantic, like fifty foot crocodile. I I didn't include it one because it doesn't really have any like hard sightings like this one does. Mm -hmm. Like it's more like hearsay and stuff like that. I'm just glad he sent the little the boy the native for the uh, gun and not after the ducks. Yeah, go get, like hey, looks over the hill. Go get those ducks. Yeah. Uh, hey. Ignore that log. <laughs> Ignore that log. Yeah. All the teeth. They're all that sharp log. So he he had this guy actually had a second encounter eight years later with this. Okay. Uh, so he's still traveling on the same boat. Suddenly brought up on a sandbank. Uh, we were three, which was only three feet out of the water. The engineers were at once all stop, but the steamer's bow was embedded in the sand. So basically, they ran a, they ran aground which seemed to have heaved up and down on us. The water was strangely disturbed. I was looking for the cause of the unusual commotion, which I should have set down as being caused by that of running into a hippo. So they hit something. They thought it was a sandbar, but it's mm. not. So he's like, oh, we hit a hippo. Yeah. They probably had one of those uh, off-board motors that yeah. like sink down. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. So the front of the boat hit something. Oh, so okay. no motor, like it, like the boat like lifts up out of the water and oh. goes back down. Okay, and hippos do that. Hippos are scary. Mm -hmm. Oh, extremely. So he's basically expecting to see a hippo, but what I saw was an enormous crocodile, longer, I am certain, than the than the vessel we were in, and therefore well over fifty feet. 
Rushing across the bank, I tumbled into the deep water beyond. Uh, yeah, rush. Oh, so it tumbled into the deep water beyond. Oh, I was just saying. I never before saw a large crocodile move so quickly, and I have no time to get a shot at him. He must have heard us coming and been trying to make uh, uh, for it the deep water on the other side of the bank, which is why we ran into him, jamming him into the sand. Mm. Uh, we struck him while he was moving at a rate of four miles an hour. And during that I sh- uh, the short time of view, I could not see that he had bared any marks of the collision. Okay. So they seen him. He didn't look like he was hurt. Right. But he was booking it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he just got hit by a boat. So this is a worldwide phenomenon. Like, I could have kept going. That's where I kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. But literally, they kept popping up everywhere. Wow. Why have I never heard of this before? It's a weird thing for the cryptid field because it's just a big crocodile. Right, yeah. But there's these ones that kind of get these giant ridges on their back. Okay. And, and that, what's so special about that, though? We'll talk about it because it's kind of weird. Is it because an age thing? Like, because we'll talk about crocodiles in captivity and kind of top out sizes and stuff like that. Right, yeah. But before we get into that, let's talk about before we get into any of this, let's talk about what you think so far. I mean, these are quite the encounters. It's like a, out of a story or something or out of a movie, you know? I'd like to see, I wish, well, I wish, rest in peace, Steve Irwin was around. To like document one we'll of these. We'll bring up old Steve. If he, if that, imagine the episode where he sees one of the, his eyes would just light up. Do you think he'd jump on it? Yes. <laughs> Not even hesitation. Yes. <laughs> Crocodile oh. would know it hit him. No, you're right. Actually, <laughs> he would already had it sex before it could blink its eye. <laughs> oh, I would love to have seen that episode. All right, before we move on to some crocodile biology and some really cool stuff that most people don't know about crocodiles. Yeah, we're gonna have our intermission. Oh. I remembered. You remembered this time. All right, guys. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, we're back. Thank was, you for... I needed that. Yeah, I know. We just sat here in silence for 20 seconds. <laughs> for you guys, it was an ad break. Let's talk about Secrets Revealed by Chris Cora about how crocodiles cross the ocean. So how long do you think crocodiles can stay in the ocean, Jay? At least saltwater crocodiles that we know... You mean underwater? Just, just like out... Ho- like No, just not touching land. Oh, is this free swimming? Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. A week? Uh, like a year. Oh, a year? Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the lar- the world's largest reptile, the saltwater crocodile, and how many of them uh, have in- in- uh, how many of them made it to the Southern Pacific Islands? Well, wait, wait, with wait. With huge stretches of water, despite them being kind of poor swimmers. So, so before, before you, how do you, how do they know a year? Like how how do they figure that out? You know what I mean? Do they track these things or what? So, yeah, that's literally what the study we're going to do. They attached a whole bunch of tractors to the crocodiles, and they surprised people dramatically. Okay, all right. But I'm going to tell you my personal story before we finish this article. Yeah. Uh, I was in Florida when a saltwater crocodile from Africa made land oh, in wow. Daytona Beach. Oh, wow. 
they've seen this thing like hundreds of miles out, and they're like, oh, where's it going? It made like a straight, be- like it was following the jet stream in the ocean, like whales do, but it was kind of just kind of like uh, going with the flow. Yeah, just cruising with it. So they're not great long distance swimmers. You know, crocodiles are ambush predators, so they're considered actually poor swimmers. Mm-hmm. They're gr- they can be incredibly fast in the water for very short periods of time, but they're reptiles. Right. You know, they built the lactic acid and they have to take breaks, you know. But they are good at just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Not eating and not drinking. Oh, yeah. That is what reptiles, that's why they've been on the earth for so long. Because when times get tough, specifically crocodilians, they're like, all right. They get tougher. I'll just sit here. All right, exactly. I'll wait. Just wait it out. Yeah. So I was in Florida when this one made landfall, and they're like, it had barnacles on it. It had all kinds of like, like, crabs and stuff growing on it. And it was like an eight or nine foot uh, saltwater crocodile. Oh, and he made that? it from the coast of Africa. But they don't know. Here's the thing with him, before I read this article. They didn't know if he swam straight across or if he took the jet stream the whole way around. What do you mean? Like around the other way? No, he would have took it up from Africa all the way up to Europe through the Arctic Ocean oh. down back down to the uh, North American coast. Right, and then ended up where it was warm again. Yeah, so Daytona Beach is special because it's where the, the jet stream gets as close to the, the main shore. That's, That's why, why whales, whales go. Yeah. That's why whales stop there. It's because it's like where it's nice, warm, shallow water. Right, yeah. So if he was waiting for nice, warm, shallow water again, you know, that would have been his first pull-off. They seen that blue rest stop sign at Daytona mm-hmm. Beach and pulled over. Follow the whales. Yeah, <laughs> followed the whales. So they don't know how long. It's like some estimates put, like, well, you know, if he was, they'd, they're not great swimmers, as in long-distance swimmers. Right. So it's like he was probably, like, I've seen conservative estimates put him individually, that one crocodile I've seen. Like at six months in the open ocean, wow! And others put him at a year and a half. Wow, I, I'm. How does something not like? Well, I guess they got the white bellies. They might be camouflaged pretty well. They're crocodiles. Yeah, there's the there's a few animals in the, the ocean's massive. There's a few animals in the ocean that would even try to mess with them. I'd imagine a great white would, right? I doubt it. Really, they're just not worth it. Hmm. Okay. And they these crocodiles can fight back. Even a nine foot crocodile has a, a you know a two thousand pounds of pressure per square inch. Right. And a giant jaw. Yeah. So and their skin's tough. They're not the normal prey, and they're not moving. Think about that. If the most time they're sitting very still and letting the currents take them. Yeah. So most of those predators are just going to go right past them as they're just a piece of debris. Right. Okay. Uh, and predators are smart. It's not worth. Uh, predators rarely prey upon other predators because it's just not worth the fight. Mm-hmm. They got to be desperate. And a big crocodile is really not worth the fight. No. Not saying it doesn't happen. I'm sure it does. Well, but compared to the other ones, this one's just a little baby. Uh. Yeah. So. Let's talk about this. How does the world's largest reptile get from all these islands that have thousands of miles of open ocean in between them? Uh, yeah. So the saltwater crocodile, or the estuarine, or the estuarine crocodile, which is you know salt freshwater, mm-hmm. is a ferocious giant that scientists estimate can grow up to twenty-three feet in length and up to twenty-two hundred pounds, even though bigger ones have been reported. These scaly monsters are known to devour sharks and even attack things which they cannot eat. Uh, they are assaulting boats and have mistaken belief for rivals or prey. So basically, they will fight a boat if they think it's another, if it, they think it's a rival to their territory. Uh, okay. So these giant crocodiles are highly territorial. Ter- okay. It doesn't matter if it's another crocodile or not. It matters if they think it's another predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So how do these giants that are not known for being great swimmers make it all the way across the ocean? So yeah, there's many anecdotal accounts of large crocodiles sighted out in sea, but none of these have been confirmed. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in these cargo ships as if I've looked out and seen giant crocodiles just out in the ocean. Dang. And they just kind of sit there. Well, yeah, because they're just like, if they're just basking or they're just like conserving energy, yeah. So this study, 
use satellite transmitting trackers on many of these giant tidal crocodiles to see how long distance they actually go. Uh, yeah, and they found some really interesting things. So they tagged 27 adults. Uh, yeah, with a, a twenty of so twenty seven adults, twenty of them had underwater receivers uh, cameras, uh, thir- uh, thirty nine miles long stretch of o- or river to get to the ocean. But yeah, some of these guys would just wait and they'd literally float down river. Mm. They'd lift their bodies. They'd do this you like a log, like we talked about with the early stories. Yeah, and they'd have their head and tails raised slightly above the water, so they catch the wind also. Mm, okay, that's smart. that motion. Okay. That's that from the first parts of the story when they raise their head and their tail out of the water. That's what they're doing. Right. Because they're sailing. So these guys would they use no energy getting all the way out, like downriver, and then they'd wait. 99% of these crocodiles in these studies would not enter the ocean until an outgoing tide. Mm, okay. They would not fight the ocean. Yeah. They would wait, and then they'd get pulled all the way out, and then they'd just go. That's smart. So several of these guys... Uh, one crocodile traveled 255 miles in open ocean in 20 days. Another one did, uh, 366 miles in 25 days. Island hopping. Wow. That's so much distance. And that's just this one study of these island hopping crocodiles. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one in the study was 15 feet long, um, which is not a great, like not a giant by any means. No, not for a saltwater crocodile. Yeah. Um, when was this study done? Like roughly, uh, 2010. Wow. Okay. So it's very. This is fairly new well, information. Crocodiles are really hard to study, which we'll talk about later, because they're very big, and they don't like being touched. <laughs> I know. I mean, you've seen that show, a swamp. What is it called? A uh, swamp people, mm-hmm. where they alligators, and they're just okay. So those aren't crocs, even. No. Oh, okay. Just, those are alligators. Oh shoot. The the docile cousins. And those are out you, of all the crocodilians on the planet. Yeah. The alligator, the American alligator, and the gharial are probably the two mm. like kindest or uh uh tamest in relative in, in relative in gator you know, terms yeah. yeah in crocodilians yeah 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 caimans are probably the like caimans and saltwater crocs are probably the most aggressive okay like they'll come for you jeez so yeah they did this so they were like that's the big thing with these island studies of these crocodiles that are like thousands of miles apart from the main populations and there's like four or five of them on these islands it's like how do they maintain genetic stability like it doesn't make any sense you know then they found out, no, these guys are constantly interchanging the islands. Mm, okay. Uh, so they didn't have any in this study that were going, you know, at the 1,000 miles. But they had some that were going 500 miles in, a, like, two months and 600 miles in three months and That's so on. That's still ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, so, but none of them did the giant journeys. But they have these crocodiles out there. So they know some of them did. Mm, okay. And the thing with the study is they didn't ta- – the biggest one they tagged was 15 feet. But the rest of the study was like 12-footers. Right. So the guy that did the study was basically saying that the, these ones aren't the big ones that are doing these giant journeys because they just don't feel comfortable out in the ocean, out in the giant open stretches of ocean. Well, that— You like, know, when you're 12-foot long, is big in freshwater, but not in saltwater. Yeah. Uh, so when you're 19-foot long, you know, you're the same size as a large great white shark. Mm-hmm. Most things will leave you alone. And imagine, It's not worth the fight. Imagine the 30-footers, you know. Well, yeah. So we'll get to that. But, yeah, so crocodiles do this. Crocodiles travel the open ocean. There's also a fun thing called bubble foot. It's not really a fun for the crocodiles, but it's where basically these giant older adult saltwater crocodiles, when they spend too much time in saltwater, they kind of, it's like, a, you ever seen somebody with like really swollen like feet, like through like dialysis or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So that's like bubble foot and crocodiles. They spend too much time in non-freshwater mm. and they're, they're basically their feet turn into flippers. Mm, okay. 
So this could be a lot of the sightings of these giant crocodile-like animals that people say are modern-day mosasaurs, which yeah. are very crocodilian-like. They are. They have flippers. They are, yeah. Is it could be these giant versions of these crocodiles having bubble foot. And now, is, is bubble foot like a... Is it just due to being in salt water that long? It's due or? to being really old and being in salt water. Mm, okay. So it's an old crocodile disease, for the most part, being constantly in salt water. Okay. So, yeah. So this proves that they, they, they swim all across the ocean. Crocodiles are saltwater crocodiles cannot eat, you know, most scientists put them at, you know, about a year to a year and a half. They can go without food. Okay. And saltwater crocodiles can go about that long without fresh water. Okay. Why uh, do they need the fresh water? It's basically to, so their kidneys don't get destroyed. Okay. Uh, they have specialized developments to not, like, not use, like, the saltwater to not destroy their kidneys. Okay. Like some, like salt, like uh, sea turtles, uh, which can excrete it. Marine guanas are kind of famous for excreting it through their nose and stuff like that. That's why they have all that white crust on their, like, face is mm. them spewing out, like, the excess salt water oh, or the salt. Okay. Uh, but the marine, the marine iguana is the only lizard that's classified as a fully marine lizard or Species. reptile, fully marine reptile besides sea turtles. Yeah. Uh, but I think these saltwater crocodiles maybe, or there may be something else. Ooh. So let's talk about how big do saltwater crocodiles get? And not just saltwater crocodiles. How big do crocodilians get? You know, you see the ones in the zoo, and you're like, these are monsters. Zoos are famous for not having any really over, like, the 16-foot mark, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because they don't do good in captivity. Yeah, and they can probably only get to the size of their environment, too, right? That's kind of a misconception. Oh, but, is it? I mean, kind of yes, kind of no. It's, you know, it's food intake. It's, like, yeah. all these other things. They just they start – reptiles start struggling when they get really big in captivity. Mm. They need space. Yeah. Especially when you're a giant crocodile. Right. But let's talk about the biggest ones ever recorded. So I have the top 10 for you. All right. All right. Number 10 is Kiwa Kiwa crocodile, 16 foot 11 inches. Uh, this guy was recorded in September 9, 2017. It's a saltwater crocodile caught by a, a fisherman in the Philippines out in the ocean. It's very recent. Yeah. Oh, there's there's some of these that are still alive. Uh, he's still alive. Mm -hmm. So he's in a zoo. Uh, the Marta crocodile in Jaws 3. Uh, so these are these are 17 foot plus crocodiles. Um, sh let me get to where they are. I'm trying not to read the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, these are from the Niloao River in Marta. I don't know where Marta is. Marta, M-A-R-T-A. M-A-R-T-A-R-A. Okay. It's not Marta. Sorry. Yeah. He's M still alive. M-A-T-R. What'd you say? M-A-T. Uh, M-A-T-A-R-A. A-R-A. Okay. But yeah, this this guy was famous for eating locals' oh. chickens. Okay, it's in Sri Lanka, just south of India. Okay, yeah. So this guy, this crocodile, was famous for coming onto people's house, like, and eating chickens. Okay. So the guy that was tied with him is Jaws number three, which is this, in the same area, and the people think he may be the same crocodile, but he's currently being housed in the Center for Herpetology. Oh, uh, nice. But yeah, he was put there, uh, or no, the center was started in 1979, but he's been the star attraction for a while. This huge crocodile arrived uh, shortly after the the place opened in 1976, and he was captured and brought there. Well, here's the thing: did all those chickens stop going missing? No, they have a lot of crocodiles, oh. but he was the big <laughs> one. Like people were like, "Uh, that one's quite large." Yeah, we're not getting in his way. The Protonori crocodile is 17 feet 71 inches. Status dead. It was a Nile crocodile that was extremely aggressive in the Congo that was killed for being super aggressive. Uh, that's why he will have a really precise measurement. We're going to talk about these measurements later. Okay. Gumek. Gumek. I like this name. Gumek. 
Uh, Marcus Miller with Gumek the crocodile is the famous picture. If you look up like people with giant crocodiles, this is probably the one you see. He's sitting on him. But he's from Papua New Guinea. Okay. Uh, he was 17.8 feet long. Uh, he was there terrorizing this village for eight years. He was eventually, uh, people were feeding Gumek, uh, and then that's how they caught him. And now he's at the alligator farm, uh, the national alligator farm, as the tame crocodile on display. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, crocodiles are not tame, uh, but he is—he actually did die in captivity. Oh, okay. I was gonna say he's tame because he's dead. Were they have yeah. him stuffed or something? No, uh, he was at the—he uh, was actually at—he ended up at the St. Augustine's alligator farm in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Oh, Gumek. Yeah, Gumek, 17 more, eight feet. Uh, but he was between 60 and 80 years old when he was in captivity and he really stopped growing in captivity. Mm, okay. So that's kind of the thing is like, they live another like 30 and 40 years in captivity. Yeah. But they don't grow. Yeah. But people talk about, so if he was 80 years old and he, and he was 17.8 feet long, he didn't grow for another 20 years in captivity and died because he was in captivity. How big do you think he could have got? I mean, it could be one of the monsters. Oh, uh, yeah. Cassius, a 17 feet, 11 inches. So just couldn't get there. He's a saltwater, uh, an Australian saltwater giant. It was claimed to be the largest held in captivity by the Guinness Book of World Records uh, in 2011. Uh, Cassius is missing his front uh, his front limb and the tip of his tail due to vicious fights for mating. Uh, he's in Mar- our marine land and Green Island in Australia is where he was from. He was captured in 1987, and he's still alive. Oh, awesome. He's uh, estimated to be around 120 years old. Oh, okay. And he hasn't really grown much since he's been in captivity. Go figure. That's kind of a common theme. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just, that happens with a lot of wild animals, though, right? They yeah, just kinda... specifically reptiles. Like, they just yeah. don't do good. Yeah. Uh, Brutus. So he's 18 feet 4 inches. Ooh. He's three-limbed another guy from Australia, from the Alba, uh, the Alba Lade River in Australia. Uh, this massive saltwater crocodile is named Brutus, for only ha- and he only has three limbs due to fights. Uh, Brutus is conservatively estimated at 18 feet 4 inches, and it weighs about a ton. He's still alive in captivity. Nice. Okay. So have you noticed a pattern on this list so far? We're halfway done with this list. Uh, they're all in captivity? Or um, they were shot and killed. Or they're shot and killed. <laughs> okay. Because uh, that matters for the, the measurements. Uh, so Yari is number five at 18 feet, five inches. Uh, he's a hybrid Sumatrian saltwater crocodile and an Estrian saltwater crocodile. Uh, so those are subspecies. Technically, they're all still the same group, like uh, all saltwater crocodiles, but he's considered a hybrid. Mm. The, uh, the uh, what did I say, the Sri Lankan or whatever crocodile, what did I say? What about it? What do you mean, what did you say? That's the one that supposedly has a different color and a different head shape. Oh, okay. So I don't think you mentioned that. Yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. And like Gumek, he grew a great tolerance for people. Hmm. Uh, he was considered, he's still alive in captivity at the zoo. Even visitors get really close to him. Like, he's the one that people kind of pet. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, if you, like we said earlier, if you get that big, you got to be smart. He must be wised yeah. up. Like, I better not eat these people or they will shoot me. There was another one caught in the same area near the same time at 18, at the same exact size, 18 feet, uh, 5 inches. So that's our number four spot. They didn't didn't have a name. Uh, he kind of got by overshadowed by Yari. Mm. Uh, now, Bunjin Sijin is n- number three. Bunjin Sijin. The top three. Here we go. 19 feet, three inches. Uh, he is dead. Okay. He was killed on May 20th, 1992. After he, he was killed, he was turned out that his length was overestimated. 
Uh, basically, they thought he was like a 23 or 24 foot. Even some people said he was 25 foot long. Mm. Uh, because uh, he weighed well over a ton. Dang, such a big creature. Uh, he wasn't. He got killed because he was being accused of a man eater. Uh, he was claimed to kill around 30 people in one year. But did they check his gut when they killed him? No. Okay. Uh, but I think he got blamed because he was the biggest guy around. Well, yeah, naturally, it's what yeah. happens. All right, number two. You ready? Yes. Dominator. Oh, what a cool name. 20 foot long on the dot. <laughs> Sounds like American Gladiator. He's still alive. Oh. Uh, he's from the northern, he's from this one, the Albert, the Albert D River, that where some of these other giant crocodiles are from. We're from, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is from the, once again, it was Northern, Northern Territory Crocodile. He's a giant saltwater crocodile. He's a fish that's been measured at 20 feet on the dot. He weighs, uh, two, uh, he weighs just at a ton. But yeah, so he's once again in captivity. That's a, that's Australia has 20 foot crocodiles in captivity, in captivity everywhere. That's nuts. All so right. You ready for number one? I've been waiting for it. Low Long. Low Long? Yeah. And I believe Low Long, yeah, Low Long has a sad story. Oh, okay. For Let's... the biggest crocodile ever measured officially. How big? 20 feet, three inches. All right. Just cracked it. Yeah, but he weighed 2,370 pounds. Low Long was the largest crocodile in captivity ever. He was also the biggest crocodile ever recorded, measured snout to tail. Lolong was an Indo-Pacific or saltwater crocodile, so once again, a, you know, one of these subspecies. Australian crocodile expert Dr. Adam uh, Burton uh, sedated and measured Lolong in his enclosure in November uh, 2011 and confirmed him as the world's largest crocodile ever caught and placed. So you're not supposed to sedate reptiles. This is a big pet peeve for me. Why? What happens? Their metabolism is completely different. Uh the amount of sedatives is hard to measure. They're cold-blooded. Temperature greatly affects how they process these drugs, and it kills them more often than it doesn't. Mm. So, like, for reptile owners, you know, when you hear when your animal, your pet needs surgery and they use sedation, it's basically a 50-50 shot. They're just going to die under sedation, whether what you, the surgery is successful or not. What are you supposed to do instead? There's not a lot you could do. There's some drugs you can give, like, numbing agents. Yeah. But most of the time, they're awake. You just got to restrain but them. The problem is, is when they're 20 foot long yeah, and they, you weigh, they you weigh the size of a small car. I think that was his only option was to sedate. Or just not measure them. Well, you got it. Science. Like, I, Yeah, but I'd rather not have my gigantic. So let's talk about Lolong a little more. So he was caught in Burwana Creek in the province of Augusta de Sur in the Philippines on September 13th, 2011. He was captured with the joints of Corporation of Local Government Units, Residents, and Crocodile Hunters, uh, Powawi. Uh, the capture of Lolong. These giant crocodiles were hunted for over a period of three weeks. Once it was found, it took over 100 people to bring him onto land. He became extremely aggressive at several points during his capture and twice <laughs> broke the restraints and almost made it back to the river. But it's, it, we, he was properly secured eventually. He was estimated to be at least 50 years old at this point, but that's not quite accurate. Lolong was suspected of eating a fisherman who went missing of the local town, but he was also accused of consuming a 12-year-old girl whose head was discovered two years earlier. Hmm. Uh, he was also the primary suspect in the disappearance of uh, seahorses in the area. And this is not like seahorses as in like no, the little fish. not the little, no, actual horses. Like that, horses that hang out in the ocean. Right. Uh, Which there's one of those here in America. Yeah. So in this, uh, in this examination of the stomach contents after his capture, remnants of water buffaloes were reported. Uh, missing before Ling Long's capture were found, but no human remains. Mm -hmm. So water buffaloes are their natural diet. He could. That's been... what giant crocodiles eat. Like that's yeah. like one. That's 
I mean, most of the videos you see online of them ambushing something, it's a water buffalo. So, yeah, so Long Long did not have any human remains. So they did, like, they pulled his gut contents out while he was alive. Falsely accused him. So the crocodile that was named after Ernesto uh, Long, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's last name, <laughs> Ernesto, uh, one of the veteran crocodile hunters of the Pawani Crocodile and Wildlife Reserva- or, uh, Reservation Center who led the hunt. Uh, after weeks of stalking the hunt for Lolong, it was coiled, uh, took his toil on, on uh, Ernesto's health. He died of a heart attack several days before the crocodile was actually captured. Hmm. So Lolong was famous for being the gentle giant. Despite his initial aggression during capture, Lolong was remarkably gentle in his enclosure. Dr. Brinton writes, that shouldn't come as a surprise with anybody familiar with the effects of capturing large crocodiles from the wild. It's a phenomenon called capture morphology. The shock of being cat- caught, poked, prodded, and induced to be completely new in an alien environment is a stressful experience, particularly for these animals as large as Lolong, who was a master of his domain for over three decades. It might uh, seem unusual to think of crocodiles as being surprising or susceptible to, not susceptible to stress, but just like any other vertebrates, they uh, they are very susceptible and maintain crap- captivity. Cro- maintaining crocodiles in captivity should be aware of this. Anybody trying to maintain them, uh, crocodiles actually big crocodiles die of stress more often than not. Yeah, well, Literally, like that was Steve's big thing with uh, how they caught them. Yeah, is he did stuff that was considered extremely dangerous. Because it was better for the health of the crocodile. The mental health. Yeah. Huh. What a thoughtful man. I literally, like, people would say, like, other people that did kind of similar things to him are like, he's insane because he's putting himself in extra danger. He's like, no, because the way that that other people tie the ropes on the jaws would actually cut circulation off and cause jaws to die years later. Mm, Okay. And how he would do it was safer and how, you know, they would pin the crocodile and how the examinations went and stuff like that. So the non-governmental organization uh, activist Animal Kingdom Foundation, uh, basically, and all these people for the PETA, had urged local governments to return Lolong to the creek where he came from, where the giant, uh, where the giant's rep- uh, reptile was captured. But an ongoing debate, basically, all these people are like, no, he's eating, like he was eating people and stuff like that. Yeah, there was no proof of that. Uh, and speculation. So all yeah. these wildlife groups were like, put him back. He's gigantic. He's ancient. But yeah, so they wouldn't put him back. Lolong did die in captivity just 18 months after he was captured. Wait, this is after they cut his guts open? No, they didn't cut it. They'd flush his stomach. Oh, okay, okay. So he did die. Uh, yeah. So he he basically died of congestive heart failure, compounded with a fungal, uh, fungal infection, and pneumonia. He had lymph nodes on his liver. He had kidney failure. Basically, he stopped eating. He stopped living. He stopped drinking. Yeah, your whole it took life changes. Eighteen months for him to die in captivity—a slow, painful death. Oh, it's so sad. Uh, basically, they put him in a box, and everybody's like, "All these tourists were like, look how cool it is, how gentle this gigantic animal is." No, he yeah. like it's snapped. Just sad. He mentally snapped. Yeah, you're talking about an animal that, like, the, like the article says, he was the king of the castle forever. Yeah, forever. Right, a, an apex animal on the planet. And you put him in a tiny concrete box, box. Mm-hmm. and of course he didn't eat, he didn't drink, and he died from all of these things. Like, and their di- their systems are so able to you know to survive that that's why it took so long so for him long to, die. to die. Yeah, he starved himself for eighteen months, basically. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah. Dang, so so long is kind of a sad story of what uh, we think of these guys as like giant crocodiles as monsters, yeah. you know, and they're not. They're just as susceptible. To everything as anything else, right? They are apex predators, and they are needed in the air, their environments. Absolutely, yeah. But let's talk about some unsubstantiated uh, giant crocodiles. 
Okay. Before I do that, why? Uh, so this list, all these crocodiles were either killed mm-hmm. or in captivity mm-hmm. when they were measured. Why do you think that is? Well, it's the only. Well, like you said, most the, of them were killed. It's the only way to really truly measure it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, crocodiles are extremely aggressive and strong. Oh so yeah. So there's uh yeah. So here's the un- unconfirmed candidates for the world's largest cact- or crocodiles and why it's hard to measure crocodiles. They're extremely aggressive and strong. They're actually very shy and clever. Like we said earlier, they don't get big being dumb. Exactly. You know, they had a lot of competition growing up. You know, they talked they start with tons of nestmates. So the ones that end up being big are the ones that have survived every challenge and overcome it. Mm-hmm. So they're not dumb animals. Uh, but there's a couple of these guys that just are monstrous uh, that are reported. That aren't substantiated because they weren't caught and killed. Right. <laughs> or eventually killed, yeah. Yeah. So the Puerto Rican crocodile was one that was supposedly at 20 feet 4 inches uh, or 20 feet 8 inches. He was seen multiple times. The crocodile drowned in a fishing net. Uh, people fishing for uh, barramundi. Uh, 50 men hauled the crocodile's carcass under the bank on the Rasa Deer River. Uh, but yeah. Wait. It had a whole deer in its stomach. Why is this one unconfirmed, like, for its length? They, uh, so, actually, I'm sorry, This it's called the Puerto Rican crocodile, but it's actually in New Guinea, and I do not know why it's called the Puerto Rican crocodile. Okay. Because uh, they cut up its body and everything before anybody could come and officially measure it. Gotcha. So they just don't trust these guys' measurements. Right. Okay. Uh, but it did drown in an ocean fishing net for Barramundi in Papua New Guinea. Hmm. But, yes, yeah, so there's that one. What do you think of that one? I mean, it's interesting. Like I said, if well, imagine pulling up that net. So a Cambodian <laughs> crocodile, uh, December 2017, was described as they made a life-size rec- replica, and it was 23 feet long. Uh, Mr. Burton, the biologist that worked with Lo Long, came and thought that uh, this may be true. Uh, Lo Long's skull to skull ratio and stuff like that. They used his body morphology to kind of judge the pictures and estimates of this, this Cambodian crocodile. Right. And they think that he was 23 feet long. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's a good, uh, as long as, if that guy, the guy that's literally working with the biggest one caught and measured, that's pretty uh, substantial. So let's talk about some bigger ones. Right. So in 1823, the Philippines crocodile. Man. He's estimated to be 27 feet. 200 years ago on the dot. So according to biologist Professor Alvin Silverstein in his 1980s book, uh, Nature's Champions, in 1883, a giant saltwater crocodile bigger than Lo Long was killed in the Philippines, measuring 27 feet. Uh, but yeah, uh, from tip to snout to tail, and weighing more than two tons, so f- over 4,000 pounds. Jeez, exponential growth. Yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. It's just, and there's all kinds of other ones like around this 30 foot mark scene. You know, it's like those ones we talked about right at the top of the show with the 30 footers. Like, it's gigantic. Now. Let's talk about our buddy. We've talked about him on Patreon. So I've saved him. I pulled him actually from the other list. So oh, we wouldn't oh, talk about him. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna kind of wrap it up with Gustav, known oh, as the Beast. That's right, yeah. Gustav has an estimated length of 20 feet. Uh, that's But here's the thing with Gustav. Nobody gets close to Gustav. Uh, Gustav may be 25 feet long. There's a couple biologists that take pictures of his head and stuff like that, like same, using low longs measurements. Yeah. And they're pretty sure that like he's like 25 feet long. So Gustav is known to have killed at least 300 people, 
but some estimates put him over 4,000 people That's killed. That's ridiculous. They think most of Gustav's diet is nothing but human. That's crazy. Uh, Gustav is incredibly smart. Uh, like thousands of people try to kill him since 2004, 2002. And it's just, uh, yeah. They've never succeeded? He's still alive? He's still alive. Uh, but here's the thing is every once in a while people think he's dead because he disappears for three or four years at a time and then reappears and eats like a couple hundred people and then disappears again. <laughs> just a couple hundred. Uh, but he's been seen all over. Some sources claim that he was killed in 2019. He's not. He well, It's not him. It was like, a, like an 18-foot crocodile. Yeah. It was not Gustav. But Gustav has some distinguishing marks. Uh, the person that claimed to kill Gustav in 2019 would not show these marks. Gustav has three gigantic bullet scars on his body. Uh, his right shoulder blade has been broken from a uh, basically an elephant gun. Somebody shot him, trying to shoot him in the heart, and his bones were, and his osteoderms are thick enough where it didn't kill him, but it broke his right shoulder. Dang. Uh, he has one scar right across his head and a couple on his tail. Dang, okay. So the guy that claims that, and people see Gustav have these, has these giant nasty marks. Yeah, but the, he won't show the pictures. Yeah, the guy that claimed to kill him just showed a picture of a giant crocodile that he killed. He just wanted that. 18 foot crocodiles are not rare. He like, wanted the clout for yeah. Gustav. So Gustav was, we think, hanging out in the ocean for these three years periods. Well, now that we know that there, there's a lot of sightings of him out there, it makes a lot of sense. So. What happens? Why do big crocs want to go in the ocean? If this is kind of the theory we're working with, I feel like it's safer out there for them. That's that's my opinion. I'm, I'm and, not, yeah. and, and then there's un, almost an unlimited food source too. Like you're and but you got. I mean, you got to rest eventually, so they'll come back. But if you got if you're safer out there, just so here's my thoughts. And you got two of my four. Okay. Safer from other crocs and humans. Yeah, Basically, mostly humans in it, my opinion. Yes, and but. If you're the like twenty foot crocodiles, you know it's just not worth hanging around other twenty foot crocodiles until you have to, right? Because well, it's not worth using a leg. Because you know they'll even a you know even if you're twenty foot long, well, a ten foot crocodile can remove your leg in the right circumstance. What was it? Two of them on that list had missing legs. Oh yeah, crocodiles and alligators are famous for missing yeah. legs from each other. Right, which is what they do. They grab and they twist. And like we said, if you're that big, you're going to be pretty smart, and they must uh, yeah. So you safer know, from crocs and humans. Yeah, equate uh, humans bad. And then, so less competition and more available large prey. Yeah. So that's the other thing, kind of what you were saying, is that there's a lot bigger prey sources more often, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not land-based prey sources. Imagine finding one of those giant sunfish out in the ocean. Oh, yeah, just wrecking it. Because <laughs> that thing ain't going to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's much easier to move around when you're that big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. So white sturgeon are a fish that uh, do this. Basically, they only come into fresh water to breed once they're adults. Ah. They spend the first like 100 years of their life in fresh water, which is still considered juveniles. And then once they get too big, they have to go spend the rest of their life out in the ocean because they're 20 foot long. <laughs> That's But they get bigger than 20 foot long. Yeah. So once they hit the 16, 20 foot long mark, they're like, I got to spend most of my life in the ocean just because I, can't, I right. can't eat enough in here. I can't move around. You it's, know? Like, it's like being a giant living in a small apartment right it's like all right so when, if you have the capabilities just go live in the ocean uh what's my last one uh easier long distance travel and to keep from over harvesting area food sources so basically if you pop out in the ocean for a couple months drift down 
and then end up somewhere else, you have a whole prey population that's not used to. Right. Yep. Uh, other like big cats are famous for this. They don't over harvest an area, so prey sources don't get too used to their presence. Mm, okay. They know how to avoid them. Yeah. And they rather have the easier ambush. And then they can come back. You know that. Yeah, come back in a year or two or whatever, and they do these big cycles. Yeah. So we think these giant oceanic crocodiles may be doing the same thing because they're so large. They're eating so much food. That these systems would get used to their presence and just completely avoid their areas. Right. Yeah. They'll ev- well, evolve, evolve, you know, in a sense to avoid them. Adapt. Yeah. yeah. Adapt. Yeah. There you go. But that's what happens with Gustav. Is he literally leaves the area for three years at a time, so the humans forget about him just long <laughs> enough to think that he's dead, and he comes back for a couple months and, and just eats everybody. Yeah. That's insane. So these are all the four main things I think that's what's caught, attributing these, and they have the capabilities. We know they hang out in the ocean for months and months at a time. Well, now, well, now that we're tracking them, yeah, yeah, uh, we we knew that, like, because that's the thing with the American crocodile that is not genetically close to any of the other North and South American crocodilians. Okay, so that was kind of a big mystery for a long time. How did the American crocodile? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's genetically, it's a saltwater crocodile. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a saltwater crocodile from, it's a Nile crocodile, but. It's a saltwater crocodile from Africa. Right. It's How here. did it get here? You know, when all this other genetic, uh, all the other cousins in the area are so much genetically more distant from it. Right. And then we started having them swim from Africa to here. Yeah. They're still here. Oh, it's like, oh, that's how they're doing it. Now there's some biologists arguing that they're not a different species. It's just the same thing. Yeah. It's just when it comes here, it's, it stays here. It's, it's in America. Right. So it's an American crocodile <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are kind of the reasons. Wow. What do you think so far? I mean... It, it all it makes a lot of sense, but like I said at the beginning, I didn't know that was not a fear of mine being in the ocean. I mean, I don't go to the ocean very often. It's been a long time since I've seen the ocean, but I always had like a little fear of like going out, you know, where the water's above your head, like that deep. Never like swimming out that deep, but now like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. So let's talk about let's wrap it up. Yeah, what do you think's happening here? So I have I have two choices, but you go ahead. Well, I think uh, they can get there, especially when you said the long travel, long distance travel. The bigger you get, the easier it is to travel longer distances. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. I mean, if there's only so many per square, you know, hundred mile area, if there's like one apex uh, crocodile that just gets super massive like a whale makes a lot of sense and that's what these guys you know back they were called now i don't believe that that one we said talked about you know seeing it 30 foot out of the water so it'd be like estimated you know 80 to 100 foot croc i don't know if i'm fully on board maybe they're like you said earlier they stuff they, like dinosuchus is our biggest like crocodiles yeah. fossils we ever have and they're like pushing 50 to 60 feet i just think it's something you see like you said like that 18 footer that they estimated was like 25 feet until they actually measured it yeah if you're seeing like a 30 or 35 foot crocodile yeah it, you're seeing them you know you're seeing a monster so um, humans are bad with that monster yeah even if you're used to whale watching or something they're still gonna if you that's a croc that's oh, a 100 foot croc i don't know but yeah like the big ocean traveling I mean, we know they do it, so of course they're going to get big and they're going to do it. So here's my kind of two things. Here's my two choices for what's happening. Uh, big, normal saltwater crocodiles. We just don't understand that they, li- uh, that they live in these gi- – or that we don't understand their life cycles well, and they don't do well in captivity to get to these extremely large sizes. So we have these animals in captivity, and they all, all by all accounts, they either pretty much stop growing once we get them in captivity mm-hmm. – or they just die. 
because mm-hmm. they just don't these giants don't do well. Now crocodiles that are born in captivity do a lot better, uh, but they just never get this size. I mean, these are ancient creatures to begin with. I'm not species. even saying. I'm thinking they could be only 120 years old. I mean, but they don't. They have the option to grow in these spaces. They have right. the option to eat, uh, you know, massive fish and animals. You know, well, they're not on a feed schedule. You know, they're not. Yeah, you know, they're having to compete. That's. What I meant like they're the species itself is yes. ancient. Oh, yes. It's and. Uh, Getting trapped into like a civilized life box, it's rewired. Their whole brain's not wired for that. So, this first option basically is saying that they're just saltwater crocodiles. This is a natural part of their life cycle that yeah. we don't fully understand. It's like, uh, you know, it's just some of these animals get massive. Uh, we think with sauropods, for example, these giant, you know, long necked dinosaurs, mm-hmm. we think that now that there's evidence to suggest that other males that were in the troop never got as big as the alpha male because he was releasing either compounds or it just was a thing, like a biological uh, in, like a biological hib- uh, inhibrance. Mm-hmm. It's saying, the niche. Yes, that there's only one, there's only a couple of these massive animals. So once that one dies, you know, another one moves in and gets massive. Right. Uh, it's not saying it's quite like that, but that where if there's every once in a while, there's these just ones that get massive. It's a part of the population. It's how the population spread across the planet is that every once in a while you get these giants that will cross the Atlantic Ocean, we'll cross the Pacific, we'll get you to these little islands. Mm-hmm. And that's how your species establishes. It spreads out amongst, so be a, to be a worldwide phenomena. Yes. So that's option one. Okay. Option two is a cryptic species that the young and the juveniles so much resemble giant saltwater crocodiles that we do not recognize them as a separate species. Very well could be. And that these giant adults could be even growing sexual display items like these giant fins or these giant humps on their back. Mm. And that's because there's it's weird. Like Africa has two different ones across the continent and uh, South America has one of a giant crocodile with like a fin on its back. Mm, okay. So what if this is a whole new species of oceanic crocodile that is just so like other crocodiles, like all crocodiles, they have to come inland to fresh water every once in a while to reproduce. Right, yeah. They lay their eggs, they get out. Back to the ocean. Yeah, like sea turtles, like uh, you know, like anybody, yeah, like any other any other reptile. I was just like anybody, like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> so what if this is a whole new species that is so just cryptic? They're so shy, and they're in the open ocean, and there's not a lot of them. But the juveniles look so much like saltwater crocodiles that we don't recognize them as anything else. Right. You just we talked about with the Chinese Alps giant salamander mm-hmm. that their juveniles could look so much like their cousins that the you're just like and the you're just Japanese. like that's what it is. Yeah. You know, you're just looking at these juveniles, like, because it looks like the giant Pacific salamander is what we were saying. That's right. That's what it was. And what if you're just, and they're just slightly off color, or there's just a slightly head shape difference, you know, at the, at this stage or this size. Is there a way, like, genetically you could tell? If they're looking at it, yes. Uh, but it depends on how close the species is. So, like, what these, the saltwater crocodile has, like, dozens of subspecies, mm-hmm. and they are genetically distinct. So, this is something like a, a, a subspecies then it would show up like that. Or it could be a whole new species and show up something more dramatic. Or a whole old species. <laughs> yes, new to science. <laughs> right, I know. So what's your bet? Ooh. Um, I'm, I think they're, they could both... I think they could both exist. That's I, the thing. I'm not, I think either of them are pretty likely. Yeah, I'm almost 50-50 either way. It's, I almost want to say it's both. Could, if you had to pick one. Uh, I, had I, to, I pick one. If I had to pick one, I would say the first one. I like the first one better. I think I'm there with you. Yeah. I think it's natural saltwater crocodiles that in their environments that a couple individuals every generation just gets massive. Just get out and they fill that niche, the open ocean So there's ocean all niche. kinds of species. Yes, yeah, so there's all kinds of species that have that. They have, like, for example, jaguars. 
they have black and yellow cubs. Yeah. And the yellow cubs specialize to more uh, diurnal hunting, and the black cubs specialize in more uh, night hunting. Nocturnal hunting. Nocturnal hunting. So it's just that species designates different genetics for different purposes to occupy every niche available. Right. But also, it's the world traveler. It's to carry the genetics across the world. Right. You know, so it's, and you get big enough, and it just may be a natural thing. If you live long enough as a giant crocodile, you hit 25 feet, you hit 30 feet. You know, we need them so they can eat Captain Hook. That's why they exist. So I, there was a story of South America and how they got rid of their giant crocodiles. They don't have crocodiles, they have caiman. Okay. So there's some stories of how they got rid of them. That they had, they were plagued by giant crocodiles because that's kind of the only one on this list. Okay, that doesn't have giant crocodile sightings. Yeah, there is evidence of giant mass beheadings of twenty foot crocodiles, thirty yeah. foot crocodiles. Uh, it's in you know it's in like like their art and stuff like that, talking about these like roundups. What would they do? Like cut their heads and put it on a stick on the beach? They basically catch them in nets and then just like basically take axes and cut their heads off. Yeah. And because they, th- they basically was like talking about them being demons from the ocean and stuff like that. In a sense, they could be. I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, if <laughs> they're eating your, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but how would they? Why aren't they back? Is it just they know to avoid that area over time, or what? Let's say they are living. Let's say they live to be 150 or 200 years old. Yeah. And it's it's very long to get to that size. And yeah. It's very hard. I guess to get you're your smart. Residence. Yeah. You're- uh, and you just the generations haven't filled back. If they killed them a thousand years oh, ago, gotcha. Think about it. If they killed them a thousand years ago, that's less than ten generations for them. Yeah, that's less than ten generations. That's probably five or six generations. Right. Yeah. So they just haven't had time to move back in. Gotcha. You know they are world travelers, but it's still there's only a handful of them. Right. And the world is massive. And if you're riding the ocean currents, you're probably taking stops sooner. That's like true. Like the ones in Florida and such. Like you know, it went, if you've been in the Arctic Ocean for a little bit. And you finally feel some that, warm water. That one spot. You're yeah. like, yeah, guess what? I'm stopping Stop right it. here. Exactly. I'm stopping right here. I ain't going to you know, write it down to South America. Go any further. What's the point? But yeah. So what's your thoughts? Uh, about the South America thing? All of it. All, oh, of it. all of it. I think it's kind of a... I learned, I, I learned something today. I mean, something I didn't even really imagine as being, but... Saltwater crocodiles are wicked. And they're, they're an amazing species... Uh, crocodilians as a whole are just amazing animals. They've survived several mass extinctions. Yeah. Uh, they've been around forever. And the, the current family lineage we have is very limited. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot more that did go extinct. You know, crocodiles aren't, uh, crocodilians aren't immune to mass extinctions. Right. Uh, during the Jurassic and the Cretaceous and all that, there was like stuff like Borosuchus, which is a gigantic running crocodile. They had like these knobs on its head that would ram sort like small sauropods to break their legs to eat them. There was a, a Prest, was it Prestisuchus was the giant, like, it was basically like a cat. It was like a big cat. It lived in the trees. It was like, you know, 12 foot long. Was it a gator? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And there was even herbivorous and tank and giant turtle-like crocodiles. Hmm, interesting. Uh, hippo crocodiles. I can't remember what his name. They look super goofy. But they're herbivores? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so crocodiles have, uh, it's uh, evolutionary radiation. Which is just basically, they are perfect at taking over every niche when it comes available. Yeah. They, they have these core species that survive no matter what. Yeah. And once it's all, once all the crap hits the fan and it's all settled out, like, all right, well, we run the show now. All right. It's ours. Crocodiles are always lying in wait. So the last galloping crocodile, the last from the, the dinosaur, the year that the dinosaurs they land, these fast running, uh, like Pressosuchus and these cat like crocodiles, just died out 5,000 years ago oh, on New Caledonia. Super recent. And before that, biologists were like, no, they were extinct. You know, they went extinct with the dinosaurs. 
And it's like, ah. They didn't. Evidence shows. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They might even still be around. They So New Caledonia, man, there was a cool species on New Caledonia that went extinct just like. Yesterday, basically. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, biologically speaking, like they right. just went out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there could be all these things hidden. So giant crocodiles living in the ocean. I think it happens. Oh, yeah. I just think they're the ocean's so big. You just and they're not like pod animals. Uh, no, they're individuals. There's a couple, st- like yeah. There's a couple more stories. This may be up. We may eventually revisit this with some more stories. Yeah, because there was ones I kind of found that were like seeing like a thirty or forty foot crocodile being followed by like twelve footers out in the open ocean. Yeah. Okay. Like a it family. Was, it was weird, and it's just like, but I couldn't find names. I couldn't find like dates, and all you know, just like a story. Right. Yeah. 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 But I have been the great and powerful mystery, and I've been Jay's clone 007. Make sure you check out the merch site. Join Patreon if you want to have some fun. Uh, We'll catch you next week with more exciting stuff. Bye! Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CripsOfTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical! credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.